Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika Soft Gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. The dispensary helped me. There's a gentleman there. I wish I could go back and thank that guy because he broke it down into math. Edibles comes down to math. You have to be very thorough, especially if you're dosing for the public. This is The Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast and around the world who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, continuing on her mission to lift up the stories of the women creating the cannabis industry by sharing their canna stories with you. So go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's The Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. Welcome back to The Cannamom Show, where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry, one canna story at a time. So we are recording this a little before New Year's, but we're releasing it after New Year's, so I'm going to say Happy New Year's, Dave. Happy New New Year to you. I sorry I had my mic off because as before we started recording there was an alarm going off in my apartment and I hope the place is not on fire. But happy new year. Thanks, thanks for staying in your recording studio while we do this. I hope it doesn't burn down. That yeah. would be a bummer we'll go um, that- to start 23. So I, I always feel like we get to celebrate twice because we had 57, 83 back in September. So, you know, you get another chance. <laughs> yeah. Two New Year's. Yeah. Two New Year's. Do you make resolutions? Yeah, but I usually make the same one. And it's a noble one, but I don't always follow up on it. It's it's that I once a day I get in touch with a friend I mean, you can't do it every day, I guess. All right, so let's say once a week, I get in touch with a friend who I haven't heard from in a while. That's my resolution. I love that. That's beautiful. Do you have that many friends? You can do it every day. Do I have 300? No, no, that's why I, that's why I said I, I'm going to have to do weeks. I mean, I probably, I've, I probably have 365 people that I know, but probably not that many people worth getting in touch with. 
So let's do one a week. Let's start reasonably. Yeah, before you start isolating yourself in a podcast, you're a man of the world. You know lots of people. They don't know that about you. All I, right. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? I never make resolutions, but I've been writing this canna friendly fiction for about three years now, and I'm on chapter 17. So oh. my resolution is to finish it and to find someone who likes me to help me publish it in 2023. That's a great one. Does it have a title? She's taking a break. She's taking a break. Intriguing. Which I actually got from my mother who passed a year ago, actually. So when it, I already have a vision. It's going to be me. I'm going to dedicate it to my mom. So oh. anyone out there listening, you want to help publish a can of friendly fiction from the can of mom show, reach out. Cause it's almost done. Yes. It, it'll be uh, published before mother's day. And but I have been doing story time. You know, I was in, so last year, this time I was in that book, Courage and Cannabis, which was released around now. And I felt like I never got to celebrate it properly with my own mother's health and things. So I started doing a story time on Thursdays at 420 on Instagram live. And I'm reading a chapter a week. So last week I read Dr. Bridget Jones. I mean, Bridget Williams. Okay. Bridget Bridget Williams. And And next week I'll be reading uh, Khadijah Adams and just going through it because they're getting ready to do a volume two, two more stories of women and men across the country who are courageous in cannabis. Oh, cool. I love it. Yeah. All right, that was more than I was thinking. But okay, that's before we go into today's guest, who is pretty awesome. You're going to love her. I want to give a shout out to a gift I gave my husband for Hanukkah. It's called The Billow. It was developed by a friend of the show, Chanel Lindsay, who also created the Ardent Decarboxylator. I don't know if you remember that. It's like a little purple machine that you could put your cannabis in and decarboxylate so you can mm. cook with it. Uh, so this is her next thing. She's You want to know what it is? Yes, I do. Doesn't make sense. Okay, so the billow. It is the first and only closed loop smoking and filtration system, which means you get all of the enjoyment of consuming your favorite flower indoors and none of the smoke or smell escaping. Really? I thought you I thought we had one of something like this in the past, but I actually looked into this once and there weren't a lot of them available at reasonable prices, but this sounds like something new. So it just came out. I'm sort of a beta tester. I did a, a, I did a reel yesterday, if you want to check me out. It was me. I was actually literally wearing an apron, which wasn't the plan, but my husband was videotaping me trying it out during the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> does, it act- so does it actually suck the smoke in? Uh, you have to look at it. I know this is an audio-only podcast, yeah. but it looks like a little box, and you actually put your burning material inside, so it's completely enclosed, and there's a filtration system and a mask. It almost looks like... Somebody said it looks almost like a nebulizer mask because you suck out of it and blow into it. Uh, so you're and, not you're not smoking in the way that you normally would, but you're getting all the same smoke. Yeah, and I yeah. think it might actually have the slow down the burn of it. I'm not sure. I've only used it a couple of days, but it was pretty fun. And I've been getting some messages on Instagram. So if anyone's interested in learning more about this, I am yes. a beta tester. So you have to exhale into the thing. Yeah, it's kind of it's so, kind of like around yeah. you. And my daughter was home when I was kind of using it. And she said the house smelled better after I smoked because there's actually a filtration system that pushes clean air out into the room when it recirculates the smoky air. Cool. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. It seemed to work. And it's it's so cold outside. I do have a cannabis porch. Everyone knows this, but I don't really want to go outside. It's yeah, kind of cold. I know. Yep. Yeah. Starting now and for a few months. Yeah. So it's a it's a new option out there for us. I'm always inventing new things, always by the women. So any 
you need to consume inside during the winter. You just are live someplace so people don't like smoke, which is really probably most people. Check it out. See if it's something that you could use and help you out. Make your family members happy if you want to consume inside and they don't like the way it smells. All right. That's my little Very shout out cool. for Billow. And then one other thing. So everyone talks about growing their own. It's a big thing. I tried doing it last year. I was sort of successful. Not great. But I am going to be um, testing a learning to grow program with Asia Atwood, who is of Trella Technologies right here in Massachusetts, and I'm going to learn how to grow at home. Nice. It's a six-week program. Yeah. I'm not surprised to hear there's a class on that, and I bet it will be well attended. <laughs> I hope she has a very interesting Trella Technologies. You can look her up. Her It's a horizontal grow technology. I met her probably, she's probably literally one of the first people I met in the industry when I was maybe four or five years ago. And she realizes there's really, there's a need for personal growth. That's really where her, her, maybe her market is. So she's testing out this program. It'll be six weeks. What does horizontal grow mean? What does that mean? Instead of plants growing up, they grow sideways okay. and somehow it gives you additional, I don't, again. <laughs> You'll I find just, out. You'll find out. Look at it. So I, I know she's been out there. She's been building this technology for a while and I don't know. It's just interesting. Very, and if, as a tie-in for any of my listeners who are interested in growing at home, but not sure how to begin, which is always with the seeds. I have a solution for you that just came through my inbox this morning from Green Goddess Supply, another a Boston-based producer of personal homegrown systems. They have just launched the autoflowerstore.com. That's autoflowerstore.com. It's an e-commerce website that sells curated autoflower cannabis seeds. So to check them out, tell them I sent you. There's so many ways to like get invested in this plant. It's if you want to become a grower, there's a lot of our products out there to help you. It's not in your closet hid off from all your friends and family. <laughs> this is something that people talk about openly now. Yeah. Okay. And I think that is everything. And before we introduce today's guest, I just want to thank the resort at Westmoreland for making today's show possible. Okay. Today's guest. I'm excited. Today's guest is known as the Midnight Candy Queen and is the creator of an inspiring cannabis business that goes by the name of Midnight Candy. She is a true entrepreneur in this booming industry as the manager, marketer, and creator of Midnight Candy, and she's also the mom of two. Her social media followers on Instagram and YouTube can attest to her passion for what she does and why you should also know her. I've sampled a few of her treats and they are delicious. Please welcome to the Cannamom Show, Sonnet White, the Midnight Candy Queen, Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Joyce. Okay, so welcome, welcome. Let's just start with the name, Midnight Candy Queen. I know you entered this space like so many others to heal and help, but let's just go with the origin of the name. Well, I'm a mom, like you said, of two, and it is a very hard to find that spare time to just simply relax as a mom. And I noticed that late, late at night was the primary time that I kind of took for myself and I would indulge in cannabis. And so midnight was kind of that secret society time for moms to kind of unwind. And it really does take until midnight to get your kids to finally go to bed. You take a shower, you're done cleaning for the day, and then finally you can kick your feet up and relax and take 15 minutes. <laughs> Okay. So, but you weren't, so how, what, what kind of job, what kind of work were you doing before you found Midnight Candy Queen, but what were you doing and why was, um, I guess, what was your start? It actually, why would you think the candy and midnight and how did that come together? It's so interesting because I have a background, not in law like you, but very similar in the style of very straight laced, 
five-star casino, uh, very high-end, drug-tested, all of that stuff. So I went from one world to a polar opposite world during the pandemic, actually. Okay. All right. So let's get back to this. So I didn't even establish where you are. So just tell, <laughs> I know you're in New York. <laughs> Sorry. Let's just start. At the beginning, uh, just tell everybody where you are in New York and sort of where what you were doing up in, in that area. What was your place like before you got into cannabis? Yeah. Oh, yeah, nothing really. I mean, I always just indulged myself. And then my father-in-law was having issues, pain issues, and didn't want to indulge smoking. So and we're actually, I, you're, you're in upstate New York? Where are you exactly? I am, yeah, yes. Yeah upstate yeah and it's nice and quiet and i do like the medicinal marijuana laws and everything are going smoothly here so far and we just became legal as you right. uh, right. so, so you're not great. so you're up in state new york are you actually working in the casinos or are they just part of your community how are you connected to casinos no no i wasn't i just thought that was my path in life honestly in the hospitality business and then one day I woke up and I was just like, this just is not for me anymore. Like, it's not who I am. And I just, I have this passion for cannabis and it's healing properties. And I was suffering from intense, intense aura migraines where I lose my vision and I am basically just bedridden for the day. And cannabis, especially edibles, has really just saved me okay so let's, so let's just so you're in new york you're in a community where cannabis is not probably talked about in a nice it's way not. I don't know. You're, no. you're working you're kind of connected to casinos so alcohol is actually part of the culture and i know you had so did you try cannabis for yourself as healing before you helped others or how were you how did that get connected sure. to actually making the so so when you i always i always find this interesting so you were having some issues were you put on medications were you trying to alleviate other symptoms, like how did you actually find that cannabis worked with your body and how do you understand that it's actually healing you and not the prop, all the things that people tell you, the it, propaganda. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because I was on a very strong medication called Topamax for my aura migraines and I had CAT scans and everything And, and how like old, that. Shana, how old were you when you started using these medications? Oh, 20, 20 so young. Okay. Yes. And Topamax has very severe side effects. It took my body months to adjust to it. I never want to go back to that place because of that. So what and was this? Now, I just the question, because this is always the issue with cannabis and medications. And so what were the side effects you were experienced from the medications that were approved for your migraines? Sick, sickness, just pure, just drained dizziness, sickness, just pure sickness. It almost had the opposite effect instead of helping me with my migraine side effects. It almost enhanced them on a daily basis. And it was very hard. And also getting off of Topamax, which is one of the number one most common migraine medications to get off of that your body goes back through that process as well. So withdrawal. All right. So you were using yes. this medication that was prescribed to you and how did you figure out or understand or who did you work with dose and help yourself heal without the pharmaceuticals? I got my medicinal marijuana card. What year was that? What year did you... Oh gosh, two, two winters ago. So maybe a couple years ago. Okay. And then in New York, does I know every state is so different and weird and whatever. Can you just explain how it works in New York? I know sure. you have your own limitations in your medicinal market. So I know you're open now, but before it was very limited, I think, right? Very limited. Yeah. During COVID was the perfect time for all of the 
pharmacies and everything to open up. They also did a delivery service. So if you suffer from severe social anxiety, like myself, they would come, They you just order online, they come right to your door, you show them your medicinal marijuana card for New York State. And you, that's it. It's as easy as that. And they and, do. And what, and, but did they have, I didn't, I, I think, did they have limitations on products? I kept hearing this. Yeah. So I'm in Massachusetts, obviously. So for anyone who's not in New York, what were the options you had available to you? To be honest, I don't remember because I never got I to that. Yeah, I never accumulated that size of an order to worry about Wait, it. Okay. But it's okay. quite high, if okay. that makes any sense. Do they have limits on the type of flower or do they were in a... They you have know a how lot. They... I mean, their their choices are... On, I mean, there's so many. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Endless. So it wasn't limited. Okay. My understanding right. for some reason is they had some limitations in New York. All right. So you become connected to the medicinal cannabis, medicinal marijuana program in New York. And then what happens? And then yeah. you're, you're learning for yourself. So you're trying to figure out yourself exactly. to figure out what's for you. Okay. Yeah. So edibles worked best for me from the pharmacies and uh, the dispensaries. And I noticed that they weren't very enjoyable. Like they were good. They were effective and they were lovely to be able to consume instead of smoke, especially with children and everything, but they weren't, they weren't fun or tasty. I was like, this is not an experience. Like I want to enjoy my edible. Like I would enjoy packing a bong or bowl or well, that's funny. Joint. So were you know they were I'm they saying? like gummies or they like cookies? They're like what were you getting? Boring. They were like lozenges, tiny tiny micro mints. So mm. they were just boring. It was like okay, I'm taking an edible. Like the outcome was really fun, but then the experience of physically taking the edible was like, eh, well, this yeah. isn't. And it was a. Yeah. Uh, did they have limitations on uh, THC content in the edibles that I they were? I think it's ten milligrams, and per then serve. a cat. It's a cap, yeah, per serving, and then a hundred milligrams per package. So clearly, mine are have surpassed that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you're so you experience this, and you find relief through these edibles, even though they're kind of disappointing in flavor and right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. For sure. Okay. And would you find in the dosages were high enough? To, again, we're talking about medicinal issues and the THC dosing makes me crazy when we're talking, whatever. But there are limitations. And if you're using it for a medicinal reason, you often need higher, which makes it for sure difficult. One, okay. All right. 100%. So you do breeze through your your product quick, quicker because it is lower dose. You're right. I actually never thought about that. So, well, that is when we talk a lot about that with the, even like pediatric and CBD, you know, that the, the specifically THC with the CBD, a lot of specialized combinations, but they have to be pretty high content in the cannabinoids and they shouldn't be made by pharmaceuticals. You didn't have to, you know, be getting like little sure. five, five milligram capsules that you're like kind of pumping a lot of. So this is an issue in the medicinal side, but all right. All right. So you're figuring out the dosage and things that work for you and then how we always into cooking. How did this come to you that you think you want to try to incorporate it into some big products? Yeah, definitely always uh, interested in the culinary arts. I went to school for a while at college. And then I think the truly, I think my artistic ability comes first okay. and then the, co the cooking comes second. And then uh, because people eat with their eyes. So oh, yes. it's kind of like that magical uh, item that you're just like whoa like you see it first and then you taste it second so but what, what is fun we're, we're gonna get to like the experience because i got a package so i'm gonna talk about opening it so that was fun you were, were you like a home cook like after you schooling like how was you how what was your relationship to the kitchen i guess and was your family were you involved like family of cooks anyone yeah, else a my, baker 
Yeah, my father was in the Navy as a chef, the head chef on his ship. And then he also ran a full restaurant all by himself as the head chef. Very, very controlling, just like me in the kitchen. I'm just like him. And so the chip off the old block, I guess. Is, funny. Um, so, yeah, love okay. to cook. Okay, so you're, so does your, all right, so you're learning for yourself. So how did you start to figure out that you can make edibles that were tastier and more, more effective medicinally for you? How did that, what was that transition? Was that the COVID? Or that yeah. After, yeah okay. Boredom, just being a mom. Being a mom. <laughs> I, was, I was already baking all the time for my kids, for family, just doing anything I could inside the house. And then add that with, just marry that with my medicinal marijuana card. And then I'm like, huh, I think I have an idea. <laughs> it just kind of happened. It happened over, I feel like overnight. And then even the name just kind of fell into my lap. And so. All right. So kind of back to the midnight magic. So were these, so you're figuring out for yourself and I know you said a family member who you're trying to help too, but was the midnight magic because that was your time that you had available or what? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And hundred percent. And then as you started creating what was, maybe, what was your first product that you actually tried to, what was the first thing you tried to make with the traditional brownie or something different? It was actually, uh, that's so funny. I haven't even thought about this, but I do remember it was a lemon glazed cupcake because my father-in-law loves lemon cake. And I was trying to trick him into edibles. I'm like, if I can make this tasty enough, to where, because that's the first thing people say when they indulge in an edible is, oh, I can taste the weed. And they don't like that, actually. So, um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Lemon, lemon cupcake. That was the first one. And it was not effective for me. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I got to bump this way up. <laughs> so what, okay. So did you put it into the cake as well as the icing? How did you infuse it? And how much did you uh, yeah. put in it? I did. I did. I put them, it was a distillate from the far, the medicinal marijuana uh, dispensary. And it was so expensive to buy one, purchase one little vial of distillate to begin this whole process. And now I've turned it into oil. That's my processing. And it's so much more affordable and so much more controllable. And I know what's going into the product and it's wonderful. So when you were actually making this first product for your, how much, how much, so actually I had a woman, I had a woman named Wendy Turner on a few weeks ago. Her son is one of the first pediatric cannabis consumers. He had Crohn's disease and he was using it. Um, Wonderful. but, But she was saying when they began, obviously there wasn't anyone to help them. So they, they baked brownies and they were never quite sure of the dosage and the way they were tested is that her husband would make it. He would Uh take a portion, literally see how it made him feel. And then half the portion and give it to his son because there's no one there to help you figure out the dosing. So how did you figure out how much to put into each product, I guess? And then what were you telling people how to consume it? Yes. So the dispensary helped me. Okay. There's a gentleman there. I always say, I wish I could go back in time and thank that guy because he was actually the one who gave me my very first lollipop recipe, but he broke it down into math. And that is truly what edibles comes down to is math. Yep. And you have to be really good at it. And you have to be very thorough, especially if you are dosing for the public. And you have to be able to control that and be very mindful of what you're doing, because this is especially if you're coming from a medicinal standpoint. So, uh, so, okay. So you're, so you worked with the dispensary and what was his suggestion to you and how, how many milligrams of each cannabinoid or was it just THC you were worried about into each product? 
you know, I, I was just like your friend. Like I, I had no idea what I was doing. He gave me the math, my, my friend at the dispensary, I didn't work for it, but I, I visited there very frequently to pick up on information. And I really don't know, probably about five milligrams per lollipop. And okay. now we've increased that quite a bit. Yeah, you've gone up, but okay. So that was how you were doing it. All right. So that was interesting. All right. So, and are you, are you invested in education now that you got, you know, you were working with this dispensary person and you understand the, the importance of the math, obviously, and how to, mm-hmm. how many milligrams is dosage. And it's so important that people understand that it's not just fun of baking because people can have strenuous reactions. So are you helping with any of this education now out there in New York where you are? I'm not. I would love to, though, in the future, for sure, 100%. I am also very interested in starting some kind of podcast myself to just kind of spread awareness and everything when it comes to edibles and cannabis consumption overall. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's a big, and again, you're in upstate New York. This is a big agricultural area of the state. Huge. And yeah. yeah, are you, have you seen, um, it's, have you seen like what is things coming in? I don't know how rural you are or where you are exactly, but do you see cannabis farms trying to come in or anybody in the industry trying to like there's create? A, there's a lot of talk right now. There's a lot of shuffling, you can tell, because it's like the wild, wild west here. There's not any kind of foundation being laid down for us yet. So, no, I don't know anything. I don't I haven't seen anything uh, <laughs> like nothing yet. Anyways. It's, it's going on out there. OK, so you talked about the transition during COVID. OK, so how old are your kids again? I have an almost three year old little boy, which is oh, he's a tornado. And then my nine year old daughter. OK, so you are home, obviously, during the transition during COVID. And then so was it during this period that you really start you amped up your baking and infusing foods and how are yeah. they? How were they connected to it? Did they see you going through this? Did you talk about it? What an interesting question, because that has been the biggest stigma throughout this entire experience is them seeing me bake and then wanting that treat and then Mm -hmm. me not having that available for them. So really communicating that with them, especially my daughter, completely and utterly openly has been the most healthy and effective way to deal with it. That is true. I hear that and often. And your three year old is little, so he's just growing up with it. It's just yeah, normalized. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and then I make them non infused treats. Yeah. So and no big the, deal. <laughs> exactly. It's you know, that's a normalization. This is what mommy does. And again, we do have to be a little careful. Our kids, as much as they know and as much as we trust them, they get into stuff. That's what they do. I can't explain right. it. My kids are in their twenties now. I feel like we've survived, but little <laughs> yes so even with treats like this and they're around they have to be educated so it's friends parents so they don't do something by mistake and if they do right. something they have to understand that it could you know be harmful Harm to them. tell you yeah and that and and best situations we just make sure they just don't have access to it the best that we can that's all we can 100%. do is moms. Yeah, yeah safety is our number one concern in our home when it comes to our children and cannabis and just ed- like you said educate you gotta educate them otherwise they don't know and it's a good thing, not a bad thing. Mommy is, is helping a- everyone and it's great. So it is. And being out of those stories. Okay. So we're going to be back after we thank today's partner. So we'll be back with our guest, Sonnet White, the Midnight Candy Queen, after a message from our partner, the resort at Westmoreland. I want to thank the resort at Westmoreland for supporting the Cannamom Show these past few weeks. It is as a cannabis friendly 21 plus property located in. Negril, Jamaica, and they are open in January. So if you are interested in a cannabis-friendly getaway this winter, and it's cold, I'm sure you are, I know the place for you. 
The resort at Westmoreland is a 16-room resort that offers a restaurant that serves African-American and Jamaican cuisines for you to enjoy. It has a swimming pool and, of course, a full-service bar. The resort sits on a beautiful four-acre plot located in Negril, Jamaica, and is a nine-minute walk or a three-minute drive to the infamous Cliffs, Seven Mile Beach, Rick's Cafe, and Rock House. In addition, the resort at Westmoreland provides airport transportation to and from Montego Bay Airport and a complimentary breakfast. The resort at Westmoreland will be fully operational in January 2023. They would love for you to bring in the new year with them and be one of the first to stay in their newly renovated private cannabis-friendly resort. And don't forget to tell them that the Cannamom Show sent you. All right, we are back with Sonnet, the Midnight Candy Queen. All right, so you're a creative person. You look, I, I can see your image. You look creative. Your products are creative. And you talk a little bit about how your love of culinary art, culinary meets art. Can you talk a little bit more about that in terms of like your packaging and your presenting and the experience you actually want your uh, customers to have? Definitely. And overall, just experience with the box and the unboxing and the packaging, very colorful and fun. And I've worked with some really fun people to collaborate on my logo, my packaging, and every little detail is thought of and crafted in a very special way. So if you look at the packaging that I sent you, a lot of it is kind of, I guess, like stars, moon, space, that kind of theme. And uh, very kind of pastel colors, very exciting to open. Yeah, it is kind of leaning towards the female-based audience, but I it's we're about 50-50 when it comes to male and female customer base or club member base because we are a sample-based program. So we're just giving out samples for free, hustling pretty much like just going to from shop to shop, introducing myself, passing out business cards and things like that. Okay. And then so like we established your your products are a little bit higher in the THC because you are trying to hit the medicinal market. That's kind of where you are at. So uh, can you tell, what's the reaction to in New York? How does that work in terms of dosing? And when people talk to you again about this, like what do you suggest in terms of serving size, in terms of, you know, what they're looking, the effect they're looking to get with the products that you're creating? Yeah, just pain relief, things like that. I always say one, one gummy is about 50 milligrams. So 10 milligrams, I believe, is the medicinal dosage, whereas mine is 50. And I think that that's fair. I would do half of a gummy, 25 milligrams, if you're somebody who isn't accustomed to cannabis use, just because you don't want to do overdo it at first. I always say it's easier to underdo it and add to than to overdo it, not be able to take it away. <laughs> yeah, uh, go go so, slow, go low yeah. and slow. So uh, low again, and slow. Yeah. This is the thing. I think people are always coming back at me. They don't want to get high. They're kind of like, I think people are a little bit afraid of being out of control. And I will say right. I've had my own weird edibles experience where you feel like a little fuzzy or things feel like a little uncomfortable. So in terms of when people ask you what specifically if someone has pain, I guess if you were talking about medicinal, if someone has some a certain kind of pain, how do you explain to them what you're, you know, what the edible will help them with? I mean, can you give them some specific ways they're going to feel or how they shouldn't feel if they've taken too much. Can you guide them anyway in that way at all? A hundred percent. Yeah. And we've tested a lot. Like this, this whole program is all about just 
trial and error. We, we trial everybody from all different age ranges, legally, of course, to females versus males, to different types of medical issues, like fibro is the number one. Mm-hmm. Insomnia to, definitely is up there. Oh, yeah. Anxi- anxiety and cancer. Cancer is a big one. Anyone with cancer who's come to me, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I said goodbye to when they were medicating with midnight candy because it helped them so tremendously with appetite and pain relief. And I can sleep again, I can move again. And so that is just the pain relief is the number one. I I get thanked for that on a weekly basis, pretty much. So I mean, it's it must feel miraculous when you're feeling so terrible. And all of a sudden, again, when people are so afraid of being high, which again, that's your personal experience. But what we're talking about is you're not feeling horrible anymore. Also, you're not feeling shitty. That kind of feeling that you have constantly that just makes your life not hard to enjoy. It's just gone. Right. That's kind of what you want to explain it. I think that's how I explain it for other people. But again, people are so afraid something bad is going to happen to them. Yes. You were on a podcast the other day and I was watching and I had the perfect explanation for it. I said, cannabis is like me going from an okay day to a great day, but to somebody else, it could be going from the deepest, darkest places we've ever been to, I feel normal again. And that is the difference that I'm trying to make is trying to pull people out of that place where you think that you don't have anywhere or anything. And Midnight Candy is here for you. <laughs> I, I've helped a lot of people and I, I encourage it. So I love that. All right. So let's, I'm a gummy addict. I haven't tried them yet. So I know you have these gummies and you have the brownies. I don't know. Can you just talk about how you formulate these things and what might the specialness of this? Cause there's a lot of gummies, a lot of brownies out there. So what is it people are going to Let's just go so first with the gummies. True. That is yeah. so true. Those are two of like the OG items too. So classic, right? Gummies and brownies and so many different renditions out out there to compete with. But we just, again, trial and error, I've sent different do you actually coming back up a little? So do you have your, do you have flour that you extract now for the oil? How do you actually do the extraction? Oh, how do you, yeah. How do you do yeah. that part? So I'm a Levo endorser. So Levo all the way, you can adjust it in so many different ways. And just, I know, you know, just explain, just say what Levo is, because not everyone. Levo is an oil, yeah, an oil processing machine. You can go to levooil.com and check it out. It is incredible. It it basically looks like a cappuccino machine you put on your- That's true. And then you push the button and an infusion of any sort can come out. I've done, you know, cherry juice for cookies. I've done honeys. I've done milks, coffee creamers, oils, everything. So it's incredible. Okay. So that's, that's what you use. And then what are you actually infusing? Are you growing your own flour? Are you getting it from someplace specific? And do you use oil or butter? Like how are you actually infusing stuff? A lot of stuff is local. Okay. local use. And then I just go to, actually, I just posted a video recently of just kind of comparing and contrasting all of the different um, markets that I go to and stores that I go to and trying to navigate your way through being a business owner in the beginning and the cost of each thing and what's best for your customer base and, you know, what they like best, what flavors they like best, those types of things. They're choosing. The people that I serve are choosing what I do. So what are, so, a, so what are the, what are the flavors, yeah. favorite flavors for the uh, OG 
gummies. <laughs> Which is so funny because I went through and sa- gave samples of each and every flavor and even brought it down and kind of narrowed it down to people's favorite. And it was like a passion plum was our, our big one. And the cherry, the cherry, if you have a red star in your bag, that's the cherry flavored. Oh my gosh, they are so good. I thought about just doing bags of cherry gummies. <laughs> well, I am like, I'm, a, I'm just like a normal in life, I just like gummies. That's my candy of choice. So when Aww. I have infused gummies, I have to be careful. So yeah, <laughs> my husband, he's, I call him gummy bear. Cause he just loves gummy bears. Not those kind, but regular. Yeah. So I feel you. <laughs> yeah. That's my thing. Um, yeah. all right. So we talked a little bit, we have a couple more minutes. Let's, you want to talk a little bit about, you know, entrepreneurship. I do talk about this a lot on the show. The women I'm meeting across the country really are creating these businesses, whether they be for health and wellness or culinary or doctors or whatever they're doing because they wanted to be someone that they needed. But this is a very hard industry to be in. New York is going to have its own issues. (laughs) But we all sort of have the illegality on a federal. It's not really descheduled. The issues with banking. You're a a pioneer now in an industry that's going to be evolving so quickly. All the regs are literally being written right now. So anybody who, I don't know, can you just give maybe a little bit of entrepreneurial cannabis insight or advice to anyone who is interested in jumping into this industry because I think it's a great place to be but we are in the early stages very early I couldn't give advice because I'm learning (laughs) as I go I really am every day is something new and a new challenge and you're reading something new with the laws changing or even just minor things every day is changing and evolving and you have to be adaptable to that and you are gonna it's not all fun and games and it is very stressful and it takes all of you and being a mom first and an entrepreneur second is very difficult because both of those things are very important so it's almost like it's neck and neck for me because of course I want to be a good mom but I also want my my business baby to float to take care of my children so it is very hard but my dad tells me every day keep your head down keep moving and you got this so that's great so can we actually we never talked about your family so when you just said I want to go into cannabis mom dad what did they say to you (laughs) they go oh god well they they weren't they weren't really shocked (laughs) to be honest but they they worry every day every day everyone worries and it's so funny to me because I'm like it's weed (laughs) who cares it's such a positive I go how could something so positive and wonderful be so bad like it's impossible to me in my mind so well, you're out there, you're giving hope. That's the thing. And you're being, again, you're one of those people who's being the person that you needed. Thank you. Again, with the mom groups, you're in a demographic of very, you're very young children. So you're an advocate and a role model at this point to show that yeah. being, again, I say this a lot. I was a wine mom. It was totally okay. I could talk about it. I could yell it across my office when I was leaving. <laughs> no one said anything. It right. wasn't that great. And the idea that can moms cannot do the same thing, because again, I do believe it helps us stay centered and focused on what is important, which is our children who are in front of us. And it should just be incorporated into our health and wellness, which is what you're doing. You're, you're showing the kids. Yeah. And I'm such a better mom because of it. And my children see that and they, it's a harmonious, wonderful home. I mean, because can- cannabis, cannabis makes me a better mom. It really does. And it's wonderful. So if, actually, thing. can I just go back to that? Just, okay. So I have this conversation sure. a lot with people. So I'm sure you come across people in your circle who push you back on that, who say this can't be true, or maybe even judge you on it. Do you have an answer or do you have a way to explain how it is that you're, why it is specifically why you feel like you're a better mom? 
it's funny because in my personal life, I hide and then online, I'm very open. Like I have the YouTube where I'm exposing everything. I, I vlog, I share, I get very, very deep and honest whenever I'm hiding in my car from my family at the long, end of a long weekend, smoking a joint. And it's, it's the reality of it. So you're still in no the process. Advice. Yeah, exactly. I'm processing. I'm still living it day to day. So, okay. Well, you know what? It was a long, painful, shameful story that was told to us for many hundred years. And now we are breaking that narrative together. That's really what I think this movement is of women who are in this industry. And that's why the stories need to be shared. I can't thank you enough for doing that for us. You're paving the way you're doing it for us. And we're just following right behind you. So you're just, you you guys are doing the work. I'm just sharing your story. So, um, all right. So, uh, Sana, anyone, people want to get in touch with you in New York, want to connect with you, see you on YouTube. What is the best way to reach you? What are the best formats for you to, to find access to you on social media? Absolutely. So Instagram, midnight candy queen, YouTube, midnight candy club and Facebook, the official midnight candy. There you are. And is there a website? It's just uh, YouTube and things. Yeah, uh, you could, if you want to reach out to me personally, I have a Gmail account, Midnight Candy Queen at Gmail. Excellent. And you can find it all in the show notes because that is what we do. So thank you, my friend. Thank you for joining us. I'm excited for my candies, my gummies tonight. So it's another show. So for my guest, Sonnet White, and of course, my canna bro, David Jazz, and our canna mom show team, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Canna Mom Show, where we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on the emerging cannabis industry by sharing and preserving their stories of love, kindness, wisdom, and hope. Thank you for following and sharing the inspiring stories of the women building this new industry so together we can crush the stigma around cannabis and caregivers. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. This is the Canna Mom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate, and I'm your host of the Pop Moms Podcast. I started the Pop Moms Podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms, but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, real-life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.